What's going on, family? Happy Monday. It's officially WrestleMania Monday, and welcome to the faction. I hope you guys are doing well. I hope you have enjoyed WrestleMania week. It is a ton to cover, but we love wrestling, and we love the best week of the year, and it has been that and then some. So let's start off by saying, as always, thank you so much for tuning in and your support, whether it's on the socials, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Faction Show, or if you're supporting us by listening to this podcast or you're sharing it in all sorts of wonderful spaces like Spotify and Apple and Google. Thank you so much. If it's your first time joining us and you've never heard of us before, welcome to The Faction. I think you're going to like our brand of wrestling news and conversation. Hopefully you do. And if you do, feel free to share it with some friends and loved ones. Also, feel free to rate us and leave a comment wherever it is you're listening to us now. So I want to just kind of give you a blueprint for how we're going to handle the next few episodes because it's going to be literally impossible to to cover all of WrestleMania weekend in this one episode. So I'm going to break it up. We're going to take some time so we can give certain things their just due and conversation. So we're not going to get it all in in this episode, but I want you to make sure you tune in and check out this entire recap. See what you like, see what you don't like. I want to start by giving a shout out to my good friend R3 Robert Simmons, who handles things over at the Wrestling While Black podcast. He gave me the opportunity to join with some amazing people that I've met from Clubhouse days and some great things that happened over there. Deborah Oxtail, my good man Jamari, we all went on and did our WrestleMania predictions on his podcast, the Wrestling While Black podcast. That episode dropped, I believe, on Friday, so you can go and check that out. You can hear the predictions for WrestleMania Saturday and Sunday and go from there. I will say I think I won whatever competition we're going to have. I did a really good job predicting, I got to say that. So for this episode, I'm actually going to start on Friday, we're going to start and talk about the Supercard of Honor from Ring of Honor, and we're going to talk about the Hall of Fame induction. And from there, we might bleed into NXT and Saturday. We'll just see how things line up. But first, let's start with WrestleMania Friday, and we're going to start with the Supercard of Honor. Now, I'm not going to talk about SmackDown because SmackDown really didn't have too many significant things happen other than Madcap Moss winning the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Ricochet successfully defended the Intercontinental Championship. I do think it's telling that neither the Intercontinental Championship or the U.S. title were considered to be valuable enough to be on WrestleMania Saturday or Sunday. There's probably a separate podcast needed to talk about why that happened because I think it's telling considering you have two amazing wrestlers holding those titles, that being both Finn Balor and Ricochet, and yet neither of them are found on WrestleMania Saturday or Sunday. Both have been in WrestleManias before. Both have put on great performances. Why they weren't there? That's another conversation for another day. Be that as it may, that's SmackDown, right? Other than that, you had promos and packages and things to keep people safe. That's SmackDown. 
I want to talk about Ring of Honor Supercard of Honor, and I want to talk about this for a few reasons. First and foremost, if we go back to November of 2021, when Ring of Honor made the decision and they said that they were going to go on a bit of a hiatus, many of us in the industry thought that hiatus equaled indefinite break equaled the end. Right. And so we did not know what was going to happen. And when they said they were returning for the Supercard of Honor 2022, can't say that we really believed them, if we're going to be perfectly honest. And we didn't believe them because we hadn't seen anybody completely shut down operations before and make a return in only three months. They said they were going to reimagine the product, et cetera, et cetera. So I can't exactly say if they reimagined the product. But I can say some interesting things happened. Of course, we all know Tony Khan purchased Ring of Honor. And so the big question would be, what would the Supercard of Honor look like now being the first official show under the auspices of Tony Khan? Well, let's just say I thought it was a fantastic show. Now, let me just go ahead and say this. Supercard of Honor has been a Ring of Honor tradition for years, way before Tony Khan came into the picture and really before a lot of the other independent organizations started doing shows Mania Week, Ring of Honor was among the first and certainly among the biggest. Some big, big things have happened at their Supercard of Honor. I had a chance to go the last time I went to WrestleMania, which was WrestleMania 30 in New Orleans. That means it's more than time. It's been over eight years. We'll take care of that next year. Be that as it may, Ring of Honor's Supercard of Honor taking place in Dallas, Texas this Friday night. And this was highly intriguing. So let's start with this. It started, of course, with the pre-show, which was our 0-1, as they called it. It kicks off with Colt Cabana defeating Blake Christian. That's an intriguing match. Colt Cabana, of course, has a long-standing history with Ring of Honor. Blake Christian has been doing quite a bit with GCW, so that was a pretty solid match. AQA, recent signee, of course, to AEW, a graduate of the Reality of Wrestling School from Booker T. She defeated Miranda Alizé, so that's a pretty impressive match there also. Then there was the Gates of Agony. They are the new tag team client of Tully Blanchard. And they were Khan and Toa Leona, and they took on and defeated Cheeseburger and Eli Awesome, who are also known as the Shinobi Shadow Squad. Another match happening in the Zero Hour is the former Ring of Honor champion Dalton Castle against Joe Hendry, with Dalton Castle picking up the win. Now we get into the actual pay-per-view, as it saw an amazing kickoff match as Swerve Strickland defeated Alex Zane and Le- let me tell you, it was my first time seeing Alex Zane, definitely not the last. Swerve is just killing it everywhere. And I think this was an absolutely amazing match. Shout out to both of them. Ninja Mac took on another new client from Tully Blanchard. We would find out that this new client is the machine, Brian Cage. And needless to say, Brian Cage came in, wrecked shop. We haven't seen Cage in about a year. And so congratulations to Brian Cage. Big match, Jay Lethal versus Lee Moriarty. Lethal gets the win after a low blow. And if you've been watching AEW television, Lee Lethal has been getting frustrated because he's been trying to do the right thing and it has not materialized in wins. And so it seems like he is going back to the dark side and this seemingly works for Jay Lethal. Then there's the interim 
Ring of Honor Women's World Championship. So why is there an interim Ring of Honor World Championship? Well, it's done for a few reasons. One of them is Deanna Perrazzo won the Ring of Honor Women's Championship from Roxy and Impact. Now, the other piece of this is Deanna Perrazzo also had a show that night for Impact and couldn't realistically do both shows. So now we've got this interim Ring of Honor World Championship. And let me just say this. Interim championship seems to be a Tony Khan thing. You remember he did that for the TV title when Cody was out for only maybe two weeks and all of a sudden we needed an interim TNT champion? Yeah, so that's a Tony Khan thing. But be that as it may, it was a great match between Willow Nightingale and Mercedes Martinez. Congratulations to Mercedes Martinez, who is the interim Ring of Honor Women's World Champion, setting up a future match between her and Deanna Perrazzo. Sign me up because I can't wait to see that. Then there is the match that many are calling already the match of the year candidate. And for all of the matches that happened in all of the promotions, this one may top all the matches that happened everywhere, including the things that happened at WrestleMania. The Briscoes against FTR for the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions. What a match. No, seriously, what a match. Congratulations, FTR wins the Ring of Honor Tag Titles. They are now the Ring of Honor and AAA Tag Champions, and they're scheduled to battle the Young Bucks this Wednesday. I gotta tell you something. For Ring of Honor to make a return and sign this match and have this match deliver, given what the Briscoes mean to Ring of Honor, given the Briscoes just winning the Crockett Cup a couple of weeks ago, this was massive. This was huge. This was a show stealer, a weekend stealer. It is worth the price of admission. It is worth you going back and watching Supercard of Honor just for this match. The rest of the card was great, but this match... Something absolutely special. Congratulations to them. But the hits kept coming as Rhett Titus battled Minoru Suzuki for the Ring of Honor World TV Championship. Suzuki wins the World TV title, which you know I am a huge fan of all things New Japan. This only made sense. I'm super excited for what this means for Minoru Suzuki in Ring of Honor as a TV champion. Yeah, this is a big deal as it is his first stateside championship for all the titles he's won in Japan he's not won one in the United States so I'm glad that this happens for him during Mania weekend Josh Woods defends the pure championship against Wheeler Yuta congratulations Wheeler Yuta the new pure champion and I think this makes sense given that he's now seemingly interested in what's going on with William Regal, Brian Danielson, John Moxley. I like the feel of this. And so congratulations, Wheeler Yuta, the new Ring of Honor pure champion. And then you've got the championship unification, which seems to be a theme for the weekend, right? We'll cover that at some other point. But for Ring of Honor, it is Jonathan Gresham, Bandito, both of them hold claim to the Ring of Honor World Championship, but it is Bandito who would lose this match to Jonathan Gresham. Gresham, the Ring of Honor undisputed world champion, and if you're keeping track, maybe he's the new Kenny Omega, because just a couple of weeks ago, he won the Progress World Championship, and so now he's got all of these belts it is a beautiful thing to see congratulations to jonathan gresham i gotta tell you 
for Ring of Honor taking time off. This was like the perfect show to make a comeback. And I'm not exaggerating. It was fantastic. Well done. Just great, great work. Oh, and by the way, at the end, you have the appearance of Samoa Joe, who is not just back in Ring of Honor, but he's now signed to AEW and he's going to be on Dynamite this week. So I love it. Now, with that said, I have some questions for Ring of Honor, which hopefully will be answered sooner than later. This was a great, and I do mean great, pay-per-view. But what happens for Ring of Honor now? Is there a TV deal in the works? There has to be. I've often said the biggest issue with Ring of Honor in the first phase of their existence was that there was no real TV deal. You could not find them at one specific place on a cable network. Their availability changed as you changed markets. So it's hard to keep up with them and we're not gonna take that kind of effort anymore. So my hope is that Tony Khan is finding a great TV deal for Ring of Honor. That's one thing that needs to happen and I hope it happens soon. The second thing we need to know is what is Ring of Honor really going to represent? There have been rumors that Ring of Honor would be a developmental system for AEW, but a developmental system doesn't need its own world champion. So with that said, we've got a full world champion, we've got a full world TV champion, we've got full world tag champions, we've got a full women's world champion, we've got all of these championships. What are these things going to mean if this is a developmental promotion. Now, in my opinion, and again, it's just me, I think there has to be a way where there's certainly a connection between the two, but I don't like Ring of Honor as a developmental system for AEW. I think they can work in conjunction and in tandem. I think people can float from place to place, but Ring of Honor needs its own specific identity right now. It can't be a space that has a world championship but is developmental. That just doesn't make sense. So I hope that in the coming days, there will be some clarity added to that so we'll know where Ring of Honor stands and what Ring of Honor represents at this new phase. But what a great comeback for Ring of Honor, that being their super card of honor. When we come back, let's talk a bit about the Hall of Fame induction ceremony and maybe we can sneak in a little bit about WrestleMania Saturday. Southern Honor Wrestling is now on IWTV. Relive the biggest moments and memories from SHW's historic first year. I'm in Dallas Vegas here at Southern Honor Wrestling. Chris what? Jericho is here and can't watch out. It's going on. Oh, my God. Give me a minute. Oh, man. Over you. Oh. Because we're just getting started. Don't miss another second of SHW, the fastest growing independent promotion in the Southeast. Check out Southern Honor Wrestling now at independentwrestling.tv. New subscribers use promo code SHW to get five free days. SHW, this is our wrestling. Attention wrestling fans, join us Friday, April 8th for SHW 38, live at the Action Building in Canton, Georgia. Oh, and did we mention, this is a free show.
show. That's right. It's our way of thanking you, the fans, for your support over the past three and a half years. Don't miss Owen Knight as he defends his Southern Honor Championship against number one contender, Cyrus the Destroyer. Plus, after months of mind games from Tank and the Reverend, Gunnar Miller will finally get his hands on the Bloodbath Behemoth. And for the first time ever, All-Star Special will do battle with Matt and Joey Lynch. Also in action, Joe Black, Jordan Kingsley, Carly Bravo, and more. Free tickets will be available at the door the night of the show starting at 5.30. First two rows available on a first-come, first-served basis. Remaining tickets will be general admission. Doors open at 7, bell time at 8. Let's pack the action building for another great night of professional wrestling. Trust us, you don't want to miss this show. SHW, this is our wrestling. All right, so what's interesting is the Hall of Fame induction ceremony was happening literally at the same time as Ring of Honor's Supercard of Honor. In fact, you had SmackDown and Supercard of Honor running head-to-head, and then, of course, Supercard of Honor bled into the Hall of Fame. So the Hall of Fame, as we know, is not exactly a wrestling event in terms of in-ring competition, but it is that opportunity to honor those amazing people who have contributed so much to the pro wrestling industry. I thought it was done fairly well. You know, I'm a production guy, so I was wondering how they were going to handle that space in between SmackDown and the Hall of Fame. I loved the quick 15-minute kickoff for Hall of Fame, which gave them the opportunity to make some production changes, fix up the stage, do what they needed to do with the ring. I thought that was really, really good. I think one thing is for sure. Based on what happened with the Oscars last week, it has tightened up everybody's security practices for all of these award shows and public events. So what we saw happen a couple of years ago at the Hall of Fame where a guy came in and attacked Bret Hart, we knew that wasn't going to happen again. But after the Oscars last week, we could be certain that that type of thing wasn't going to happen again. And I'm glad. So Braun Breaker inducts his father and his uncle, the Steiner brothers. I'm really glad to see the Steiner brothers inducted in the Hall of Fame. I'm glad Scott Steiner behaved Really happy about that because that could have been tragic. Just a great moment, I think, for the Hall of Fame folks. Let's just get to the highlights because I don't need to hit everything. But I will say I want to shout out Queen Charmel, who I will say looked amazing. I'm still not sold. I hate to say this. I'm still not sold on the accomplishments of her warranting her being in the Hall of Fame. And there's still some other greats that aren't, but be that as it may, I do think she looked amazing. And I love the things that Booker T had to say about her. I love watching people love each other well. And that was great. Vader, very glad, very deserving of him being in the Hall of Fame. Certainly the emotional moment of the night being a Shad Gaspard And it's just still just incredible what he did for his son. It's the ultimate love that's powerful. And then you think about The Undertaker. So let me just say this, right? The Undertaker, first of all, got the biggest pop that I have ever heard. And I think it actually eclipsed Hulk Hogan's pop that he had uh, the night after WrestleMania 18 which was one of those things that was just so long, we all were like, holy cow, what's really happening here? The Undertaker ovation blew that out of the water. And I think it's probably safe to say 
that Undertaker may be the most beloved WWE superstar of all time. I won't say the greatest wrestler because there's still, you know, multiple definitions of what that is. But in terms of the most beloved superstar in WWE history, it's got to be The Undertaker. If you watched anything this weekend where he showed up, you saw how beloved he really, really is. And the fact that he decided to do something that nobody else has done, he had the wireless ear mic, you know, the one that's on the ear and then attached to your mouth, kind of the the Prince Michael Jackson mic, as I like to call it. He had that. He came down. And I have to tell you, just from the circles I've rolled in and seen, this was very, some people called it a TED Talk. It was very conference-like, like Joel Osteen conference-like, Bishop Jake's conference-like. He held a certain command he walked around he had freedom i'm like he's done this before then of course he shares uh, all of the amazing stories talks about his love for jesus which now says yep you've done this before you've been preaching in somebody's church you just didn't want to tell us and now you've shown it to us absolutely fantastic certainly one of the most respected figures in all of the world of pro wrestling and rightfully so So shout out to The Undertaker, who looked great, who just said all the right things. And I think people are going to be feasting on his Hall of Fame speech for a long time to come. So with that said, I'm going to now delve into the start of WrestleMania Saturday. So WrestleMania Saturday began with NXT Stand and Deliver. It was the first time for NXT 2.0 being on the road, so that's a big deal. It was held outside the Performance Center, obviously. It was at the American Airlines Arena, the same space where they held SmackDown, where they held the Hall of Fame, and where they will hold the Raw after WrestleMania. So this gets very interesting. So it started with the kickoff match, which was the NXT Women's Tag Titles, as the reunited team of Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai defeated Toxic Attraction to become the new Women's Tag Team Champions. Let's go over some more results. We get into the pay-per-view itself. The NXT North American Championship ladder match saw Cameron Grimes defeat Carmelo Hayes, Santos Escobar, Solo Sokoa, and Grayson Waller to become the new NXT North American Champion. Tony D'Angelo gets the win over Tommaso Ciampa. MSK defeats Imperium and the Creed Brothers to become the new NXT Tag Team Champions. Mandy Rose retains the NXT Women's Championship, defeating Cora Jade, Io Shirai, and Kaylee Ray. Gunther defeats LA Knight. And Dolph Ziggler defeats Braun Breaker to retain the NXT Championship. So let's just dig into this a little bit. First of all, I love the reuniting of Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai. They are the original NXT Women's Tag Team Champions, so now they are two-time champions. I like what the NXT Women's Tag Division had done before this NXT 2.0 piece, and hopefully now we can get some more tag teams. But with that said, Toxic Attraction were great tag team champions. So if we can get a nice you know, bit of a war between these two teams I think that would be great toxic attraction I think was the stability that was needed during the 
NXT 2.0 rise to prominence. Now we have Gonzalez and Kai back together. Be interested to see what all of this means, but congratulations to them. Cameron Grimes winning the ladder match was certainly a big deal. What a ladder match it was. And I still want to see if Grayson Waller actually broke his arm because it certainly looked like he did with that insane jump off the top of the ladder onto another ladder, missing his opponent, but his elbow certainly didn't miss the ladder. And that was a nasty looking fall. That's for sure. But shout out to Cameron Grimes, who is the new NXT North American champion. I think it was long overdue. But with that said, Carmelo Hayes, I wasn't exactly ready for him to lose the title. So I think it's a great move, though. Cameron Grimes doing some things. You've got some stars there in NXT to battle for the North American championship. So Tommaso Ciampa loses what seems to be his final NXT match to Tony D'Angelo. Let me start by saying this. I feel like they spoiled this. Friday night and they spoiled it Friday night when they put Tommaso Ciampa in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal that spoiled the whole thing so it's clear that he's moving to Raw or Smackdown and I don't know if they wanted that to be a mystery clearly they didn't by putting him in that Battle Royal with that said I still don't dig Tony D'Angelo. I'm sure somebody somewhere clearly does, but he doesn't resonate with me for whatever. Like he's not. I just don't see him as that guy in NXT or NXT 2.0. But he gets the win over Tommaso Ciampa. It's Ciampa's final match in NXT or so it appears. But the appearance of Triple H, which, by the way, just Triple H showing up anytime this weekend almost sent me into a full weep. Understanding what Triple H has gone through, understanding that we're reaching the end of the road for Triple H as an in-ring competitor. It just, ugh. But it's also the first time we've seen Triple H show up at NXT 2.0. And that was powerful. So for him to kind of give the goodbye nod to Champa speaks volumes absolute volumes that nxt tag team championship match was crazy i actually thought the creed brothers would come out as the champs but msk your two-time champs i'm not mad at these three teams at all they're doing fantastic i love imperium i love msk the creed brothers have certainly grown on me as an nxt 2.0 talent and their time certainly will come my shocker of the day was mandy rose retaining the NXT Women's Championship. I certainly thought any of the other three could win. You could make a case for all of them, and certainly the way they've been building up things for Cora Jade, I would not have been surprised if she had won, though I don't think she's anywhere close to being ready to hold the championship. But Mandy Rose has really thrived in NXT, and I don't think we talk about that enough. She is not the same person that was kind of stuck in an endless war with Sonya Deville during the pandemic era. This isn't the same person. She has literally redefined herself. And honestly, it's one of the things that I wish she had been able to do before. I wish instead of them bringing her straight up to Raw or SmackDown that they had given her some real time in NXT so that when she came to Raw or SmackDown, she would have been a megastar because the way she's killing it right now in NXT, man, it is incredible. So shout out to Mandy Rose. I mean, that's a big win and she got the pin on Io Shirai. So super big deal for sure. 
Not surprised at all that Gunther beat L.A. Knight. It only made sense. And oof, I love the fact that Dolph Ziggler retained the title. I said that he would right here on this podcast. And here's one of the reasons why it needed to happen. Braun Breaker is obviously going to be the guy. But I don't think you can build around him right now because he's still too green. Give him a little bit of time to lead this place. And I think that's why Dolph Ziggler retaining was so important. Not just for that, but I think Dolph needed it too. Dolph needs to be taken seriously as a singles competitor. He has done so much in this business and he has a lot to offer to NXT. So I like this. Keep Braun Breaker chasing after him. Or does this lead to Braun Breaker just making his way onto Raw tonight? It's very possible. So we'll see what happens. But uh, certainly, I think NXT Stand and Deliver, it did what it was supposed to do. I think it stood and delivered. And it's a great opportunity for NXT 2.0 to continue to do some significant things. So with that said, that's a look at WrestleMania Friday into WrestleMania Saturday. We're going to come back together for a full look at WrestleMania Saturday. That's coming up on our next episode. So do me a favor, hit us up on the socials at The Faction Show. Let us know what you think about this recap and uh, make sure you're subscribed to what we're doing because we've got all kinds of cool things happening. You know that, that's just what we do. So with all of that said, until next time, representing for my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the EP, the fourth horseman, John Murray. My name is Gerard Bonner, and this is The Faction. I need my pain.